Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Marco Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking about networking for solid connections with Philip Van Nostrand. We are so pumped to have Phil on. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with him a couple of times now. He is an amazing photographer that you might have seen in the New York Times, Vogue, uh, a repeat speaker at WPPI, maybe read some of his published articles. Like he, he really knows what he's talking about. Uh, and we were really, really privileged to sit down today and talk about, you know, his, like the way that he approaches networking, how he's building these genuine relationships, and then what he's actually doing to cultivate those relationships. So it's, it's a great episode. Get a pen out, you know, get ready to take some notes. Uh, it was it was great talking to Phil, and I'm I'm really excited to uh, for everybody to listen to it. All right, let's go, Philip. It's so good to have you on here. I'm I'm very very privileged to get a photographer of your caliber on the Wedding Videography for Beginners podcasts, and I I know that you are considered a just a resident expert when it comes to networking. So I am, I'm really stoked to have you on and get to get to talk to you about just networking and, you know, networking the right way and that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for being on. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be on your podcast. So it's a pleasure. This will be fun. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be great. So let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. How did just Philip VN photography, how, how did you start? Um, I started, I was in California originally, so I'm born and raised in Santa Barbara. And I, I think all of, I was into photography as a hobby. So for about six to eight years, I was just taking pictures of my friends, of flowers, of traveling a little bit. And, um, all my photo friends and mentors in Santa Barbara were shooting weddings and families. And so, I was like kind of into that scene a little bit. And um, I tagged along at a couple of my own friends' weddings and took some pictures on the side, like an annoying extra photographer. And then um, after showing a couple of wedding photos on, on Facebook, I had a friend of a friend ask me if I could take pictures for their, their friends who were getting married. And I was like, I would, I would love to, but I've never, I've never done it before. They should know this. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. They don't have any budget. Their budget was like $500 for photos. And uh, I was like, that's great. That's like more money than I've ever made in my life in one day. And um, and so I said yes. 
I practiced a lot beforehand, read all these blogs and stuff, and then I had a good wedding. It was it was cool. The couple is still married. I think their anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. So every time their anniversary comes up, I know it's my anniversary of getting started. And that was about 13 years ago. Yeah. Right on. What uh to contrast that, you started at five hundred dollars for a wedding. What what are you at now? Um now I'm bidding on weddings for around like twelve thousand, fifteen thousand. Um I, I'm so I have weddings that are like ten to twelve thousand this year. So yeah. yeah. Good for you. That is good Thanks. good for you, Phil. I may mean I may mean even higher, but but that's where I'm at right now. So yeah. Oh man. Right on. So have you, have you always been based in New York city or did you, did you start somewhere and then kind of come into the city? Yeah. So I was five years in California in Santa Barbara and then kind of like cut my teeth there. I moved to New York seven years ago. So it's been uh, a little less than half the time in California shooting and then more time in New York now. Right on. I guess I know the quality of your work. I've been privileged to work with you a couple of times. Um, And I, how did you break in to this really that that higher end market like what what do you think kind of catapulted you into that um i mean i think there's there's one very very simple tangible answer and it's it's that i started going to engage summits which is like a luxury wedding and events conference um in 2016 so before 2016 i was getting most of my weddings direct through like referrals from past brides or couples. Um, it was sort of like a referral based network of, of getting gigs and, uh, or maybe other photographers. And then once I started going to engage and jumping into a little bit more of the luxury side of, of my connections, I started getting weddings through planners and venues. And that's when like the overall budget range of the weddings jumped to like a hundred thousand plus or $200,000 weddings. And, and that's when I was able to raise my prices. I was, I was like raising my prices and networking at the same time. So yeah, going to engage changed my life for sure. Oh, right on. Um, and uh, to now I'm going to three engages this year. I'm going to one in the breakers in Palm beach. I'm mm-hmm. going to one in Lake Cuomo, Italy. I'm going to one in the Bahamas at the end of the year. So it's truly become like my community. And I expect, even though that's a lot and the expense is pretty great to like fly, stay and, and attend. Um, I expect to book at least like, you know, five weddings out of, out of this and that'll pay for everything. Yeah. We always got to pay attention to that uh, return on investment. So yes. that's, yeah. You know, just in general, where do you think your favorite location has been to shoot? Um, that's a good question, I guess. I would say, well, gosh, I'm, I'm going to go back to my, my roots because I'm from California. And even though I shoot a ton in New York now, um, obviously, because I live here, Santa Barbara in California has the best, best light. I don't think East Coasters mm-hmm. understand like how good the light is in California. And it's yeah. just always California sunsets. Yep. Every time I go out there and shoot, even just for fun or I'm back home, I'm like, oh, man, this light is so like golden, delicious. We don't have like golden sunsets in New York necessarily, right? It just kind of, sometimes the sunsets are pretty, but it's just like the sun's down and there you go. Like the light's a little cooler if if you're into like temperature stuff and like it's harsher. And in California, it's just so soft and dreamy. So I I love, it's any time of day is a good time of day to shoot out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, um, well, I, I know you know this, but Brittany and I, we moved out here from California. We lived in Southern California. So. Oh yeah. You know, so it's yeah. the same thing. Right? Yeah. Just, just golden hour is like two hours of, of perfection. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so let's, let's, let's dive into networking. Cause that's, I really want to get into, I want to, want to get into picking your brain when it comes sure. to, to networking. Cause I've, I've talked about it on a previous podcast, but it's different hearing it from someone of your caliber. There's a, there's a different shift when, <laughs> okay. when, when you talk about it, it's going to be, it's going to resonate way more than what it did when I did. I'm definitely um, obsessed with networking. So that's, we could talk all day about this if you want. Yeah. Yeah, well, networking is a perfect, like I get, I get most, the majority of our referrals come from two different sources, either a vendor or Instagram. And the vendor is networking. The whole reason why another photographer or a videographer is referring is because we've networked with them. So that's why I really want to, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great source of leads and income and that yeah, kind of stuff. Exactly. So yeah, let's kind of, where do you think if I was just starting out in either photography or videography, like where do you think people should start when it comes to networking? I think for me, like, Maybe it's different now, but but when I started, I was lucky to have started in like the heyday of, of Facebook, basically. And and so what I found early on was like a really strong community of photographers on Facebook. And it still exists. There's tons of groups on Facebook right now. Um, I originally was using ShowIt software to build mm-hmm. my website, which is like a photo, you know, kind of a full photo forward drag and drop website builder. And show it did a really good job of having like a show it community online. And so that's where I started. I was like friends with the founders of show it. And, and there was like, I don't know, a thousand people, 1500 people up to 10,000 people in that group. Anytime people had questions, like there was like other people to answer. And then out of that group, I, I joined an even smaller group of like expats, maybe from the show it community call. And the new group was called breakfast club. I'm still in it. Um, but Breakfast Club is filled with like everybody who started when I started, which was over 10 years ago. And all these people are like super smart, really sharp. If anyone has a question about taxes or like launching an e-course or whatever, or hiring photographer, whatever it is, like someone in there has experience with it. And and the questions are great. Like even yesterday, I saw someone asking like, hey, we're using like HoneyBook or Sprout Studio, but we want to like transfer to a new CRM system. Like who's had experience with that? And five people chimed up. So I think um, I think Facebook is a very easy way to find, and I think a smaller community is better. So if you're starting out, find like your local community in your town, like Santa Barbara or or like Brooklyn or you know Boston or whatever it is, and see if there's like a photo community there. That's a great way to start. Second, if it exists, I would definitely go to like in-person networking events in your area, and. Something simple would be like WIPA, Wedding International Professionals Association. They have chapters, not everywhere, but in most major cities. Um, And if they don't have that, then hopefully there's something that someone's putting on in your town that's like like a venue is doing like a a launch party or, you know, catering company host parties. So stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know for us personally, we're members of NACE. Yeah, um, NACE is good. Yeah, no, we we booked one wedding so far from a planner from NACE. So the Ooh. expense of the NACE membership more than paid for itself by booking a wedding from somebody from NACE. So yeah, you're 
Yep. Yeah. You, you... I think I think that's great. Nace, Ilea, mm-hmm. that's N-A-C-E, I-L-E-A, or WIPA, W-I-P-A, are all like events associations where there's people who, you know, a lot of old school people in the industry who are just like doing events all the time and it's a good place to be seen. Um, and then online groups are great. If, if you're into networking with entrepreneurs in general, I can highly recommend um, Six Degrees Society. That's a really cool organization that uh, a friend of mine, Emily, started about seven or eight years ago. And um, it's mainly women entrepreneurs, but anybody can be there. And they have like a teaching topic and they match you one-on-one with someone else in the room to do like like in-person network. It's like speed dating, but wow. for, for professionals. And it's cool. I've gotten lots of business through there that's not just wedding related, but um, it's definitely worth checking out. That's a great online community. Yeah, actually, now I think about it in a round, in a roundabout way, I met George through Nace, who put me in contact with David, who then put me in contact with you. So we, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the Nace world. Yeah, all of that. And I met David through the Engage Summits world. So it's yeah. all yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So I guess if if I'm going to shoot like my first, second, third wedding, nothing too crazy. Who do you think? I would start with first when it came to networking, like who should I kind of focus my, my energy on? If you're first network, if you're first starting to network, who should you focus your energy on? Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I honestly think like other photographers or other videographers, I really think like as a beginner that, that you'll one learn a lot, but two, if you're in a tight knit community, like, those are the people who can pass along weddings to you or mm-hmm. have you second shoot with them. You know what I mean? Or a second film with them or whatever. And I think, I think having, finding your tribe or your community is like a really great way to start. And then, I mean, that's all I'll say. And I don't know how you're going to find like couples and stuff. I don't necessarily recommend going to like bridal expos or whatever like that. Like, I just don't, I don't think that's really where like your clients are going to be, but um just being with other photographers is great. Showing work on Instagram, obviously. And if you do a really great wedding for somebody, then I think um, like the real networking is like staying in touch with your past clients and making them feel like friends, you know, or like actually being friends with your past clients, because those will be like your next future referrers. If we could just talk a little bit about people skills, like emotional intelligence. Um, I mean, what, what do you think is a good, a good approach? So, okay. So people skills is everything, everything, everything. I really think like, this is not a business where you're like not interacting with people every single day as a videographer or photographer, your job is to interact with people. So you gotta like be engaging or interesting or not even that, like you just gotta be interested in other people. Um, That's the bare minimum. I think, um, I really think a lot about what it means to be like a good networker. And um, there's books you could read, like How to Win Friends and Influence People Mm -hmm. is a classic. Um, There's another great book called um, Never Eat Alone, which I love. And it talks about just like hosting cocktail parties and like, and like being interested in people and, and how to like be around other people. My, my number one rule, like number, I don't know, three rules would be like, you're always going to be talking about the other person more than you're talking about yourself. 
um, let them ask you about you. Otherwise, like don't, you don't need to be like talking about yourself or selling. And I think that real networking is like um, relationship building. It's not selling yourself. It's not showing off a business card or a website or whatever. It's relationship building. So when I say networking, what's in my mind is like having breakfast with a friend, um, getting on a phone call and like talking to someone about their like their problems with their family or whatever, like going uh, going abroad and bringing a friend with me or going to engage and having like being and and flying, like going to the airport with somebody like that's all networking. Um, just having my sharing a meal with somebody uh, going on Clubhouse, which is like a super popular mm-hmm. app right now, if you have an iPhone and um, and starting up rooms with other planners, like that's all networking. I, I counted yesterday. I had I, I'm not joking uh, about 13 interactions, different interactions with people throughout the day. That included about six phone calls and then like four Zooms, one or two clubhouses. And um, and then that doesn't even count like texting or whatever. But for me, that was a day filled with friends and it was also a day of networking. Yeah, and uh, it's... And so, yeah, I, I was going to say, I pay attention to your Instagram and you are busy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And so, and I don't even post everything that I'm doing in a day. I just couldn't. Like, nobody knows that I'm doing a podcast interview today. And I'm also, I guess people know that I'm going to run like three clubhouses or whatever. But nobody knows that after my last clubhouse, I'm going to go play ping pong with my friend Dory, who's, who's a master coach. She's not even anything to do with the wedding industry, but she's a four times published author. I'm in one of her latest books. Um, I'm going to talk to her about how to get an article that I'm publishing about networking. Um, and so, and that's networking is playing ping pong with her and taking her out to dinner afterwards. And that's it. Um, that is networking. And if you, it's almost like dating, except I'm not like flirting. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's how you would date somebody is you don't go all in at once. You, you kind of get to know somebody, you see them a few times. Um, that's exactly what networking is. And then you build a relationship. And people at the very top who have money, they have the privilege of working with people that they like. And so if you are one of the people that they like, if that's a wedding planner and they like you, then there's a good chance that you guys will work together. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was a roundabout way of answering your question that people's skills are like so important and networking is people, you know? Yeah, no, that that was absolutely perfect. The, um, I, I think a lot of people really discredit what knowing someone else could mean for them just in general terms. And I mean that in the most like, uh, non a whole way possible, not like, Oh, I know this guy, but like having a genuine relationship with somebody else, how that could affect their business. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, even networking with you, I know that the next time I go to Provincetown or whatever, you offered for me to like stay on your couch or your spare room and, and, and that's networking, you know, like, like offering favors to people and like being kind humans and stuff. And, and even for you to think of offering that is like ex- an exceptional emotional intelligence ability, you know, like I have something to offer somebody that they might need, or uh, maybe the best advice that someone gave me is like, is to always ask the question, like, how can I help you? You know, well, mm-hmm. how can I help this other person? If I'm talking to you, Philip, and you're like, oh yeah, I just want to like, I kind of want to do more jobs in New York. I'd be like, Oh, how can I help him? Like, how can I help him find more jobs here? It doesn't have anything to do with me. I have no idea if that's going to benefit me at all, but in the end it will, you know, like in the end, 
you're going to get a job and recommend me as a photographer because I'm recommending you or whatever. But at the moment, I'm not keeping track. I'm just thinking, how can I help Philip? And uh, I do that with everybody I meet. Yeah. And when we were chatting and I did offer up our spare room, yeah, it never occurred to me that there would be something given back in return. I think that's sure. also a big piece. Like it was just a genuine, like, Hey man, if you need to yeah. crash, you can come to the house. Like it's but, so But now, now you got a place to stay in New York too. You know, it works yeah. the whole world. Like the more you give, the more you, you get back, I think. Yeah. And I guess that kind of brings me to introverted people. Like what, what yeah. would you recommend somebody that was introverted do to kind of, cause it's not, I'm obviously not, you know, I'm, I'm highly extroverted. Like, so it's, yeah. it's not hard for me to walk up and talk to a complete stranger, but Same. Uh, yeah, I, so. I, I, I'm looking, so I'm looking at this article that I just wrote. I'm trying to get this article published in like fast company or Inc or entrepreneur. And, um, I listed 15 things that people can do oh. to network. And I, I actually labeled some of them introverted activities or extroverted activities. So an introverted activity could be as simple as um, showing up to webinars. You know, you don't need to like talk. You can you can like sign up for something that someone else is running and just be there. And the next step would just be to like chat in the box a little bit on the side. Um that's that's yeah. an easy introvert introverted like uh, networking activity where you're kind of like going to where people are at, learning a little bit, and maybe like just introducing yourself in the chat. Um, another one that I don't think people think about very much, but in, uh, LinkedIn is really great right now, and it's if you think of LinkedIn as just a place to find jobs, you're thinking of LinkedIn from like ten years ago, but it's definitely like the Facebook of business now. And so people are sharing articles there. They're hanging out there. Um, LinkedIn is kind of an easy way for, it's like, if you're an introvert, you're probably great on Facebook. If you're an introvert, you're probably great on LinkedIn. Then it's a very interesting way to like, just sort of connect with people. Um, the other thing I would say is, and this is kind of a fun one for introverts, but I think introverts do really well, like just one-on-one -on -one with people, you know, and um finding an accountability partner. I have like four mm. accountability partners right now and it's been really fun just sort of like checking in with someone every day. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just like, Hey, have you done your morning routine yet? Um, but that's like a nice way to check in with people without like giving too much energy away and, um, and also having to be intimate, safe and, and bonding. So I think introverts, those are like just a few little tools. And besides that, like, it's okay to not be everywhere and to not be speaking on clubhouse and not to be like doing TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Like, I think it's okay to have like a small circle of friends and, um, and just be like really genuine with the people that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is, I don't, it's, it's peer pressure. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And then the healthiest sense of the word, it's peer pressure. Like it's not, um, you know, it's, it's forcing you to be, to be motivated to accomplish tasks because you know that somebody that you know and care about is actually checking to see if you're doing it and you don't want to disappoint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to disappoint them. So yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's an awesome idea. And it's also like just an easy way to check in with somebody every day. You know, like if I was, I haven't done this yet, but if I was smart, I would just talk to like my top 10, you know, potential wedding planners that I want to do business with and be like, Hey, do you need an accountability partner? I'm really good at this. And then I just text them every day. All of a sudden, like, 
you know, the, the, the stats are, it's somewhere between like seven touch points and like 18 touch points before you become a friend, like a real friend with someone. So texting someone every day and checking in with them is like a great way to like really solidify a friendship. And that is networking. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, so we're going to cut to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about networking the right way and then maintaining that relationship once you've once you've went into that through that networking kind of to model. So we'll, we're going to cut to a break and we will be right back. Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. All right, everybody. Welcome back from break. Uh, we are here with Philip VN Photography, and we are talking about networking. And I wanted to go into networking the right way and maintaining those relationships. So let's jump right in. Uh, so I guess when we're talking about networking the right way, what what are you doing? Like, how are you cultivating that relationship? And I know you, you touched on that when we were talking on the first half, but I guess let, let's kind of go, let's go through like just that cultivation piece. So, so you're past the first date. Yeah. Yeah. Past the first date. Exactly. So like, say I meet somebody, um, you know, I've done this on clubhouse actually. If, if you're not familiar with clubhouse, it's just an audio based sort of social networking app. Um, that's blowing up right now. I, if, if you can, you gotta be on there. Most of the wedding industry is on there at this point. Um, if I'm in a room with somebody on Clubhouse and I find them like really interesting, I've done it a couple. I did this actually the other day. There was a woman named Aaliyah who was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I love what she's saying. Like, I think the same way. I went from Clubhouse and her profile to her Instagram um, DMs and I said, hey, like, I loved, I love what you're talking about. I feel like you and I are, are like so in sync with this. Also, I just, I just saw you on like WIPA's, you're going to do a talk on WIPA and that's really cool. Like, I'm actually vice president of the WIPA chapter in New York. Uh, we should connect sometime if you have a chance. Like, I really want to hear more about what you're about. Notice I didn't say anything about myself, except that like, I, I, I think I agree with everything she was saying. I didn't ask her for anything except for her time just a little bit. And I said like, you know, like 30 minutes or whatever. I'd love to just hear like what you're doing. Like, I think you're so cool. I complimented her, um, appeased the ego a little bit. And she's like, yeah, just sign up here. Like, and, and we had a great 30 minute talk um it was fun i still didn't ask her about anything afterwards and um it was just a nice connection and the follow-up for that for me like to, to maintain that relationship is to sign is to like jump in the room that she's going to be in again and raise my hand and go on stage and just be like 
hey again, like it was so good to hear see you. Like we got to catch up again in a couple months. If if I haven't talked to her and I see her name somewhere, I will text her and be like, hey, like we should chat again. Like I want to hear what you're doing now or what you're working on or what you're excited about. And um, I like to talk to people about like what they're excited about. And I find those conversations always stimulating and interesting. And it's usually an easy yes for other people. And for me, I'll probably keep doing that like every three months or a couple months with her until we're in the same in the same space in the same city. And then I'll probably ask her to join me for lunch somewhere. And I'm talking like a year or two of just like building out a friendship and a relationship. And I will probably end up on her podcast at some point if she has one. I'll probably end up um, working with her at some point or, or collaborating or whatever. But it's just like a slow build. And I do that. This is going to like make introverts cringe, but I do this all day, every day, <laughs> you know, like with, with lots of people. And, and some people I chat with maybe once a year and some people I chat with like once a month and some people I chat with once a week and once a day. So, yeah, no. And I was, I was going to actually ask you a follow on question about, well, one, I want to point out that everything that you're talking about has been leading to a genuine connection. Yes. So nothing, nothing that Philip has said has been anything with like, oh, I have this goal in mind to do X. And I think that's what's really important about everything that you've been saying is that everything is genuine and you've established like a genuine friendship with someone, which is yeah. like that. I yeah, think that's, that's probably I mean, the most important part. <laughs> that's what I like to say is like, I I am building a relationship someone with someone and the bonus is maybe I work with them one day. But it's not a guarantee and that's okay. And that's not always my end goal. Um, sometimes th- it's intrinsic value of just being friends with somebody who's cool, you know? Yeah. Um, the other value is like the more people I know, the more people I can introduce. Like I could give you like six amazing people to be on this podcast after this only because I know so many amazing people. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, hey, I need I need to know a good like, doctor or like or a musician or whatever in boston i could be like oh let me let me check with my people and so i think my my network is my net worth in, in a cheesy way to say it but yeah that's not my quote, put that on a t-shirt <laughs> i know i know it's been said many times before my network is my net worth because who i know means i can introduce people to other people i can do favors people are thinking about me and I guess my goal, if I do want to get booked, is to generally be top of mind. I want to be the last photographer that someone's talked to wow. when they're thinking of booking a gig. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, this is exactly why you're so so successful with this, Philip. Like this, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's crazy. Um, so. And, and I, I just, I guess I want to be clear. Sorry, I'm going to keep yeah. going here. No, no, go ahead. Um, I'm doing this because it suits my personality really, really well. I would say that I'm probably undiagnosed, like ADD, like highly functional ADD. I didn't get in trouble in school, but my mind goes pretty fast and I like to have a full schedule. I'm also like extremely extroverted and I like people and I like to like, I don't know, just talk about interesting things. So those three things like combined make me like pretty good at this particular topic but I wouldn't necessarily wish this on everybody. If you enjoy having deep relationships with a few people, then your strategy will be very different. And it won't even be a strategy. It's just going to be how you interact with the 10 people that you're closest with in your life. And that might look totally different for an introvert. It might be like you have your five friends and you start a little like 
weekly or monthly Zoom meeting just to check in with each other and support each other. That'll be the best thing you could ever do for your whole life, you know? Yeah. And it's also a way to get, uh, you know, business skills and jobs and all kinds of stuff. So, but the way I do it is kind of like overdrive. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not a medical professional. Uh, I would say though, that if you are a, if you have high functioning ADD, it's definitely working. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's working real well. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's not a weakness for me at all. It's like my superpowers. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, let's talk about, let's, let's go. Yeah. I know that you had said that you, it would take, you know, a year or so before you're, you're moving into those like latter parts. So let's kind of expand on that yeah. and go into that, like maintaining that relationship. So sure. what, when, when are you moving? I guess I, I originally wrote it out as being more strategic because that's just the way that I talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when, when, when do you think that you're making that shift to a more like long-term just strategic relationship? Like business relationship. Yeah. I mean, I went to engage summits. Uh, I want to say three times before I booked one wedding and it cost me about four to $5,000 each time I went. So I had, I just want to say like, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if I, if I didn't book anything on my first time and had given up, my life would be drastically different. So I went knowing that like, look, I'm spending money. I might not get this. I might not book a gig the first time I'm going again. I might not book a gig a second time. I might not book a gig a third time. But when I finally did book a gig, it still didn't like pay back all three engages. But now I have like every single gig I get is through like people that I've met through that community. But um, I would say that the transition um, it's man, it's, it's complicated. I really don't think there's a formula. I will say that like the first person that I ever got booked for a, a wedding out of that community was Jacqueline Hill events out of Dallas. I don't know if I had done this for her yet, but you know, with planners like this, like I will, the gift I have is my camera. And so I'll give planners like free headshots. Mm. I'll offer to do like family photos for these people. I've shot for her like e-commerce line before. Um, anytime I'm anywhere near Dallas, I'll come by and like take her to lunch or whatever. So there's lots of just like giving, 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 giving. I never really asked for anything, but obviously like I was on her mind and she's like, Hey, I think you'd be really good for this. Like next wedding. Can you make it work? I did everything in my power to make it as easy as possible to say, yes, like I'm not going to charge for my flight. I'm going to figure out where to stay. I'll stay with friends or whatever. But, but for me to be able to say yes, meant one, like engage worked. I booked a gig from somebody I met there Two, It was in like the realm of, of, you know, it was like maybe an $8,000 gig or nine or whatever. And that was great. That was bigger than what I was charging at the time. And three, like I get to say I'm a destination wedding photographer. And so, um, or I'm a traveling wedding photographer. And there's a lot of like things that came out of that. Uh, but I tried to make it as easy as possible to say yes. Um, if they needed to negotiate down, I was like flexible with that. Um, and I just, but it was a lot, a lot of touch points. And I, I would say, it was just a lot of hanging out, buying people dinners, doing pictures for them, being friends with the fan, whatever, you know, like thinking of ways that I can help until they had something to offer. It just took patience. Yeah. And I, you hear a lot of people, at least in my circle, talk about like serving the couple, like your, your number mm-hmm. one goal should be to serve the couple. And what, yeah. what it sounds like you're saying is also like, you have to serve these relationships too. Like you have yeah, to, you have yeah, to put in right. work. Yeah. It's, it, you know, like, so I'll, I want to 
define like maybe mass market weddings and then luxury weddings. Mass market weddings are going to like you're if you're a videographer or photographer, your client is going to be the couple for sure. That's who interacts with you. They're going to they've got three to five thousand bucks probably for a videographer or video or photo or whatever. And that's fine. Um, and, and it is to serve the couple. So everything I'm saying applies in the exact same way. You're thinking of like, can you give them a gift card and tell them to go enjoy a date night and not talk about wedding planning or whatever? Can, what can you do afterwards to make it like extra special for them? Like surprise them with prints that they didn't ask for all kinds of stuff. For me, when you jump into like the luxury market after, if your wedding's costing you a hundred thousand dollars or more, it's almost a guarantee you've got a planner involved because there's so many moving parts the, everything is like customized, like the floral arrangements are going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I'm not getting hired by the couple. Maybe I am, but most often I'm getting hired by the wedding planner. So the wedding planner is in a sense, my new client. Even And there's times where like I've booked couples. I have two weddings in Vail this year that I got from a planner. Um, I have never met them in person, you know, like I, I will meet them on the wedding day and uh, I had a zoom with them, but that was kind of it. And so, so I'm going to treat them well, but I'm going to treat that planner um, extra well also. Like I was in Vail snowboarding with this planner earlier this year. Mm. And, and I, you know, I'm like telling her about how to like invest in retirement savings with the Roth IRA and stuff. And like, just sort of like giving, you know, like being friends. And, and so I'm spending time um, investing in, in my planner, you know, because that's going to be my new source of leads, but it's the same thing. And the planner is like equally important as a couple for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, a, a completely different note. How, how do you like shooting weddings through a planner? And the reason why I'm asking is because we booked our first wedding through a planner. We're, we're at just over 5k. So we're, we're typically, we're, we're cresting nice. over 5k right now. So we're starting that's to great. break out of that, like lower, you know, zero to 5,000 market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we booked our first wedding through a planner, which was completely different for us. You know, there was the discovery call was just, we chatted with her for a minute and she signed the contract. She did, she did everything, which was different. And I mean, how, how do you, how do you like that? Cause I I don't know where I sit with it yet. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) That's a great question. I, I, I know exactly what you're asking. And I think a lot of photographers or videographers will say like, I don't want to do that. Like, I love my clients so much. Like I love being friends with them and knowing them and stuff. And I think for me, um, definitely the relationship with the client, like the actual bride and groom is or groom and groom or bride and bride or whatever with the couple is um, it's definitely diminished. Like I'm going to interact with them way less leading up to the wedding and it's okay. It means that I'm like, it just means that I'm, I'm a little bit more disconnected than them on the wedding day. And I might be like almost, I'm going to call this out in the, in the photo and video industry. Like, photographers like to be heroes a lot for the wedding day. If there's not a wedding planner, then the most important person at that wedding is generally the photographer. And I think photographers really like to be the hero of the day and they got the timeline and they're like, they're running the show and stuff. And so you lose that and and that's okay. I'll lose that and earn an extra $8,000 or whatever. And I'm I'm happy with that. So the one thing I will say is that like, I still will use my charm and personality to bond as much as I can with the couple on that day, even if I haven't interacted with them that much. Um, and, and there's still a personal component there. I, I still leave my weddings with wedding planners feeling like 
I've become close or best friends with the couple. Like I had a wedding, you know, another wedding from my planner in Dallas um, at the beginning of 2020. And it was the Dallas Museum of Art. Mm. The couple, I had barely talked to them like once, I think, before the wedding. At the end of the wedding, they were like in the car about to drive away. And they were like, Phil, we're cool. Like, we want to hang out with you. Like, we're cool too. We promise. And and I was like, you're cool. Like, I love you guys. And And so the next time I was in... Dallas, like we all went to lunch together or dinner together. And like, I expect to see them as friends every single time. And and I did have a wedding planner involved, but the relationship moved beyond that. It's, it's a little bit harder and you're going to be a little bit more removed from the couple, but it's not impossible to stay connected to them. And I think it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, the flip side to all of that is the couple has hired a wedding planner for this exact reason though, too to kind of, you know, to eliminate this back and forth. And they're, they're using a planner because they want somebody else, you know, to help them and, and do certain things for them. So, and and I think at like the luxury, like ultra luxury level, which I'm not quite in, you know, like there's a world where I'm going to be shooting a couple and I don't talk to them at all. You know, like I, I shoot with them or whatever. I set them up for the things, but I'm not on their mind before, during or after the wedding. And that's okay. You know, like if I love my job, then I'm still in my mind, like, I don't need to be the hero of the day. I don't need to do anything except like try to like outdo myself for my last wedding. I still want to try to get creative with my shots, um, connect with people out there, like make parents feel like VIPs, like have play with the kids at the wedding or whatever it is. And so I think I'm, I'm still trying to be my best photographer, even if I don't have that special relationship with the couple and that's totally okay. So there's just, it just looks, the relationship looks a little different at different levels. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, well, Phil, sadly though, those were, that's what I had to really go through with you. Um, that's cool. I'm sad that this is coming to an end. <laughs> I know, man. I, I want to, maybe can I add some bonus? Absolutely. Like one Absolutely. I think, you know, if we're talking about networking, I think the wedding industry lives in quite a, bu- a bit of a bubble. You know, if you go to WPPI for like photographers and videographers, or or you go to engage even, like they're both bubbles. Like that's the same people on stage. Jerry Gionis has been there for like freaking 10 years plus, like, you know, like all these, I've seen, I've seen them, nothing changes there, but like, I would highly encourage people to network outside of their bubble. That's why I mentioned six mm-hmm. degree society or like cave day. I joined, I joined a travel community called El Camino travel. I joined my friend's thing called jet black social club in New York. And, um, all of these things are really interesting ways to meet people outside of your world. And I think we have so much to learn from people who are not within our, our bubble. You know, like if you went to a realtor's convention and saw how they networked or did did business, you'd learn a lot, I think. And so for me, I'm always interested in like getting outside of the bubble and having conversations with people who don't think exactly like I do. Um, it challenges me. It helps me grow. And it's just it's just nice to know like more people. So that's my one encouragement. Yeah, no, man, you you are full of just golden nuggets. <laughs> Thanks, man. I like this stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to have you back on the podcast. I really can't. I can't wait to. Yeah, we'll to, do it again. We'll talk about anything, man. Yeah, I, uh, no, this is great. So I guess just to kind of wrap everything up, you know, Philip is just an amazing photographer. If you haven't checked out his website, I think it's philipvnphotography.com. Uh, um, mine is just philipvn.com for, or just uh, philipvn.com. Okay. Uh, it's, 
it, he's got amazing work on there. And I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Philip VN weddings, and you got to make sure to keep out, keep an eye out for his upcoming book, how to live an epic freelance life. Like that's, yeah. I'm stoked to see that. Yeah. So all of it. thank you. Yeah. Uh, be this sure to like, fun, and subscribe. Man, awesome. Oh, thanks. I just want to say you're awesome. And I love what you're doing. So I, I'm really grateful to be on the podcast with you and, and I'd be happy to come back if you ever needed like more content or whatever. Yeah, of course. You're grateful. I'm grateful that you carve time out of your day. I know what your schedule looks like. I can see it. And sadly, I have an Android, so I can't get on Clubhouse. So every time people talk about it, I just instantly just go, oh. It's it's happening within like a month or so. And also, you should be able to do it on uh, your iPad if you have to, but but it'll happen soon. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to to get on there because it seems like everybody is having some really really like quality conversations. It seems like a cool a cool spot. So hey, man, again, just thank you so much for being here, uh, and I hope everybody's staying safe. Hope everybody's health healthy, and we'll see you guys here in a couple weeks. All right, bye. Hey, Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Rent a Sony A7S 3 or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with our customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today, and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow. <laughs>